The point of this is to provide the best facts-driven show that we possibly can. Ideally, you have a glue guy. Who is good? Hashtag glue guy. Hashtag locker room guy. You can't go sign Bobby Holik to a trillion dollars. You can't do these things. Very satisfying. The absolute best NYR show in town. This is... The Liberty Blue. Liberty Blue. Rangers Podcast. Rangers Podcast. With Andrew Shelby. Andrew Shelby. And Nick Zoraris. Zoraris. Rangers fans, welcome to the best Rangers podcast in town. I am Andrew Chelney alongside Nick Zararis, and we are Liberty Blue. We scream about the Rangers so that you can save your voice. That's how deeply we care about you, and we appreciate that you've joined us for the ride. This is episode 39 live on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. Full video will be up on our YouTube page, Liberty Blue Podcast, and the audio version will be available wherever you get your podcasts. Search Liberty Blue on your favorite podcast platform platform and it should be there give the show that shiny and illustrious five-star review on apple podcasts and spotify it helps the show way more than you think it does at liberty blue pod on twitter and instagram i'm at chelney andrew c-h-e-l-n-e-y andrew alongside nick zarar snick z-a-r-a-r-i-s those are our personal twitter handles to follow as well nick here come the ranger oh 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 no oh oh no yeah, it, very, very anticlimactic. Everybody was kind of getting their ring sizes put together. Everybody was planning what they were going to be doing on June 16th, 2023. Everybody kind of just started penciling things in, forecasting things. A lot of the national media very much eat the cheese. I know Steve Dangle spent a solid like minute and a half on his podcast last week saying, well, they're going to be bad defensively. Well, they're going to outscore all their problems. Uh, let's relax. Hockey is not played in a vacuum. It is the retort every single person who hates analytics says, well, it's not played on a spreadsheet. Okay, well, we should tell the team that because right now they put together this team based on names and things they've already done as opposed to what they are going to do. That's not to say there isn't plenty of time for this to get going in the right direction, and I imagine it will. There, It's no coincidence they're kind of in this weird in-between right now. At the same time, they're having really poor goaltending. And yes, that is partially on the defense, but we know that Eeyore, and to a lesser extent, Halak, can cover up those mistakes. That's always been the Rangers' formula for a while now, is how can they win without being great at 5-on-5? Five five? Because they're not constructed to be great at 5-on-5. Five five. They're not. And that's part of how this team is built uh, on purpose. The, the Rangers want their high-end talent that includes the goalie to be the difference. And mo against most teams, that will fly. Against the Bruins, you will not just be able to get by on having talent. The talent has to actually play sound, fundamental hockey, which the Rangers haven't done in a few weeks, to be frank with you. No, they haven't. And the thing, if you take a look at what other teams did at the deadline, like the Bruins and the Hurricanes and the Devils, they got guys that are not only proven NHL players, but also players that have proven that they, one, can play at both ends of the ice and two, still have a lot left in the tank. One of our concerns with Patrick Kane was this man is 34 years old, bad hip, hasn't defended a play since Vietnam. What can he do in 2023 at both ends of the ice that will benefit the New York Rangers right now? And the answer so far through two games is a whole lot of nothing. It's two games. 
it's, it's two games. games. It's two it games. is two games. It's two games. I'm not, you know, uh, we're not. I'm not trying to jump the gun. It, the sample size is way too small. Patrick Kane is is, you know, he ran into Panarin a few times. Like he doesn't know exactly where he's supposed to be. He's getting the the chemistry and all these things going. So it's 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 only been two games. The thing about the trade though is that okay? So you get 34 year old Patrick Kane. You have you have a lot of these guys, but what can they do for you now? What at, the offense from Patrick Kane? We know we we all know he's won cups. He's gotten the points. He's done all these things. Great, but what is he going to do in, in, now? I don't care what he did last year or ten years ago or whatever. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. What can he do now? And right now, the last few weeks, the Rangers have kind of played as if they are the Boston Bruins in, in that they have this 30-point cushion. No one's catching them, and they could just take two months off the season, and then you know we'll stroll into the playoffs, and we'll be good to go. The Rangers are not secured a playoff spot. Like They have a little bit of a cushion, sure. They have seven points right now on the Islanders, eight on Pittsburgh, and there's there's 20 games left. The like the Rangers don't have this thirty point cushion that they could just sit on and and just coast to to game one of the like a playoffs. They just they don't have that, but they're playing like it. They're not supporting each other, especially in the neutral zone. They can't get the puck out of their own zone. They can't get that first pass through. They can't get that going. And so over the course of these past few weeks, you've seen this defense fall apart. Lindgren hasn't been playing, and Keandre Miller has, has finally started the suspension, sure. But given who is out there on the ice, I want to see at least minimal effort from everybody involved. They're not fighting for loose pucks. They're not supporting each other on the forecheck. They're just they're playing discombobulated hockey. I understand. They're shorthanded. Not everybody is on, is on the ice right now, and they're going through chemistry issue slash changes slash whatever you want to call it. I understand all of that, but it doesn't matter if if your effort doesn't exist. Like you still need to support your teammate on, on a loose puck battle. You still have to, you know, like if, if your teammate get, gave up an assignment for to cover them for a second while they get back, like just, just things that pro NHL teams do good pro teams do that for the last few weeks now, the Rangers have not done it. And at the very least, it is a little bit concerning. The Rangers, and I'm trying to think, I think it was Truba, it might have been Schneider. Maybe three minutes into the game on Saturday, sent a pass to no one in particular up the middle, and Ray Ferraro just goes, that's not going to work today. And yeah, the Rangers love to look for that first home run stretch pass out of their own end, from deep in their own zone, to somebody in the neutral zone so they can gain the offensive zone with speed. That's one of the Rangers' bread and butter things. They like to gain the zone with speed because of all the high-end talent they have. They look for that cross pass which is the most dangerous play in hockey when you can convert it it results in goals more often than most other types of passes the problem the rangers have they are not great at getting out of their own zone as you just said rob luker wrote about this today i've been doing a little bit of digging on this because over the last few weeks it's kind of been amplified partly because they've only been playing with 5d and you know harper and mickle are playing a lot more minutes than you would expect them would you would like them to play but the other issue and i tweeted this on thursday during the ottawa game when Adam Fox is not on the ice, the Rangers do not clear their own zone. They no. cannot get out of their own end. Truba and Schneider, and yes, they were shorthanded for the first like minute of this sequence, so maybe a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. 
three minutes in their own zone of just lazily dumping the puck into the neutral zone. The Bruins would regroup and regather and come into the zone with speed and continue the pressure. They didn't concede until after the they had changed, but because they've been in their own zone for so long, so worn out, your goaltender's worn out, it's the little things. And when you're a team that has this much high-end talent, it's very easy to think you can just fall back on that talent all the time. And that's true against most teams. Against the teams you're going to see in the playoffs, against the good teams you're going to play down the stretch, we were talking about it before, they got Pittsburgh three times in seven days, the week of St. Patrick's Day. That could be your seven-point cushion right there. They got seven points to the Islanders. I mean, they don't come back till Montreal on Thursday, which, God bless, they needed these four days off more than anything to get healthy. You hope Mott is back relatively soon because even if you get 6D, Still don't want to play with only 11 forwards. And we know the NHL is kind of given the Rangers uh, by the letter of the law. You guys could have chosen to use the 2.75 million you're using on Kane to call up two players. So you're not in an emergency situation. But pulling it up here, I forget if it's the first one or the second one. Yeah. So looking at this this scatter plot here, when you think about who at the on the Rangers is good at getting the puck out of their own zone, you would want to be closer to the top right corner of this chart, which is where Adam Fox is, which is where Ryan Lindgren is. Then you come back down towards the middle. Ke'Andre Miller, still above average. He's still, he's making more mistakes because if you're looking at the y-axis the one that's going up and down that line is measuring how many times they mess up trying to exit so keandre is messing up more than average but you get down to where truba and schneider are where that's 10 failed zone exits per 60 minutes of ice time. You average that out at five on five. That's roughly, both of them are usually, Troop is usually about 18 minutes of five on five, 17 minutes of five on five. Schneider about 13 minutes of five on five. So you're talking about three or four, but three or four zone failed zone entries every single game that accumulates over time and it puts a lot more work on them and there's a reason Truba at five on five the Rangers only score 40 percent of the goals when he's on the ice it is hard to score when the other team has the puck we all know this but everybody has this aversion to just looking at actual statistical evidence as opposed to the anecdotal well he stepped up in the neutral zone like the play at the start of the game where he laid out I think it was Hathaway Mm -hmm. everybody sees that and goes defensive defenseman he's not a defensive no he can't defend he's a shoot first defenseman you have to be able to defend if you want to be called a defensive defenseman my mans can't defend on the charlie like the first the first goal the uh the bruins scored on saturday like Part of it was on Hedl, for sure, for leaving Coyle and just kind of attending to whatever he wanted to attend to. But also, Jacob Truba is literally in front of the net, and Charlie Coyle is 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 taking a stroll. He's yeah. not. It wasn't even like you know Charlie Coyle just caught a, a timing and and just managed barely to to catch the puck and you know catch the pass and just sneak by Truba and and for, for the goal. No 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 no. Charlie Coyle strolled into. He got a good four strides. He got a good yeah, four my, strides. My man took shot. his time because Jacob Truba's back was towards him. Like Charlie Coyle just had his the red carpet rolled out and he he skated right in front of Shesterkin as my camera gets out of focus here. There, there we go. He, he strolls right in front of Shesterkin, catches the easy pass, easy goal, Bruins score, and they're off and running. Like, Jacob Truba just stood there and watched the puck. He, he didn't know the pass was coming. He didn't know Charlie Coyle got all that 
real estate for free. He didn't know any of that. He stood there, watched the puck, didn't tr- did like didn't know the pass was coming, didn't do anything except the pass when it was coming, and didn't stop Charlie Cole from taking that easy shot. Like at the end of the day, how can you be a defensive defenseman if you can't defend any like defend your own net? What are we doing? So a point on this that I want to make because I've seen a few people make this and it's right. Defense in your own zone is not just one guy. When you have yeah. lapses like that, that means multiple people messed up. The defender did not pass off coil to the right person. Then because they didn't pass them off correctly, Truba didn't react in time because he wasn't passed off to correctly. I, I know they're very different sports, but for all intents and purposes, you want to think about the zones players are responsible for, similar to the way it is in basketball, where if you're playing pickup and someone switches, you got to pick up the guy who switched on to you as opposed to following where the puck went. That's all that is. And Truba and Miller have been doing this for a year and a half now because I don't know if anyone else knows this, but that's the most common defensive pair in the NHL at five on five over the last season and a half. Truba and Miller, they do not pass players off to each other correctly. They consistently have those breakdowns where somebody's in front of the net by themselves with the puck because they're not communicating with each other. It needs to be a me, 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 me or a you, 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 you. That's the type when you have consistent breakdowns and the same one over and over again, that tells you it's a communication thing. Because if it were a structural thing, the coach would have changed it because they are consistently messing it up. And to be fair, to be fair, the Rangers have gotten pretty good defensive results against this year. They're in the mid teens in goals against, in chances against, and expected goals against in the mid teens over the course of the entire season. They've done a good job of limiting the chances against. In the last month, when all of the compounding situations have come together where you're trading for new guys, you're bringing in guys who aren't as good at defense because you want them to focus on offense, you're down two defensemen, you're down one of your better defensive forwards, it feels like everything is kind of snowballing on them right now. So we can be reasonable. We understand the last two games are not how they're going to play for the next 20. That's not to say there aren't things to be red flagged because even when they were playing well, the transition play was not good. They were still struggling to break out of their own zone. They were struggling to get through the neutral zone, especially at teams that play higher up in the neutral zone where they have to dump the puck in and go past them to get it. Against the well-structured teams, the Rangers have struggled. And that's not just on Gallant. That went back to David Quinn. That went back to Elaine Vigneault. These guys are very rooted in their ways. You are not going to get all of these guys in their late 20s and early 30s, like Kane, like Tarasenko, like Zbigniewicz, like Kreider, like Panarin, to change how they play hockey at this point in their careers, which is why I think it's a reasonable estimation or reasonable request that maybe we stop focusing on that first home run pass out of the own zone. That's that's not there. The, their wings are not fast enough to run that play through the neutral zone. They need those guys, instead of flying the zone as soon as they have possession, to come back into the own zone, shorter passes. Rob mentioned it in his piece today that That was one of the things in 2021 when the Rangers were pretty good defensively was the short pass out of the neutral zone to quickly get to offense as opposed to the long home run pass. It's a lot easier to make a short pass than it is to make a long pass. A lot more can go wrong on that long first pass as opposed to a short 10, 15 foot pass. Well, yeah. And and again, like the reason why we bring up that Chuba defensive error, for example, Chuba slash Heedle error, for example, is just like, you know, 
I would rather Jacob Truman be good defensively. Like, contrary to popular belief, I guess, like, I would much rather be like, hey, Jacob Truba is having an awesome game or he's having an awesome week or month or season or whatever. It, it's much easier for me to, to be like, hey, like, Jacob Truba is having a great season, nothing, nothing negative to say. Hallelujah, peaches and daisies, right? Like it, it's so much easier for for us to just do that. But the problem with that is that Jacob Truba does not allow us to do that because he's been horrific defensively. Like you have to take your fan cap off for just a second and watch each individual player and how they and how they play. Even if you hate analytics, forget analytics for a second. Just watch the man play. He can like it's not just Trooper, like Panarin, for example, just to get off of Trooper for a second, right? Panarin, the last two games he's been awful because all he's done is try to force that cross ice pass to Kane seventy five times, and it's gone through when like how many? Maybe once, but he keeps Call, doing it. Two or three it. out of he, like fifteen. He keeps trying it, but teams are like, "Hey, like we've seen you do it. We're not gonna let that pass go." And Panarin's like, oh, but what about this time? And it's like, it it doesn't work. And Panarin, the last two games against Ottawa, against Boston, the only thing he's done on the ice is try to force that pass. He hasn't looked at the net with the puck in his with the puck in the offensive zone. He hasn't considered a shot, hasn't considered passing it to anybody else, really. Even even if he's not in the offensive zone, he when he has the puck, his only objective in his mind for the past two games was where's Kane? Where is he? Let me get the puck to him. Where is he? Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where where is he? Where? Where where where? Like that's it. No one else matters. He and when he's lost the puck multiple times doing that, he's been slow getting back. He hasn't really back checked well. Like it's it goes far beyond Truba. It just it's Panarin, it's Kane. There's a whole lot of just kind of nonchalant attitude you know, going on. The kid on. line has not been great. Yeah, the kid line the hasn't been weeks. all that good. I know Lafreniere was the you know scored those two goals against Boston. At least like he looked he like he. He was the only one that like actually looked like he was trying out there for for full stretches for for stretches of time. But it's just like the the Rangers right now have this nonchalant attitude of ah it'll be fine, it doesn't matter. But the you know again like we talked about this cushion can disappear in a week if the Rangers aren't careful. This can all go down. This this could all go south very very quickly. But and they're playing like they just don't care, and I don't understand it. It's. It- I'm trying to think of the way I would describe this because like it's very clunky. It, there's a lot of non-attention to detail. It's a lot of that guy's there. He'll make the play because the puck's kind of in his general area. It's forcing an extra unnecessary pass. That's making a play more difficult than it needs to be. It's assuming that just because you're good, you will be able to outplay the other team. And I think that's the undercurrent of a lot of these little attention to detail errors that I've seen a lot of people talking about. I know there's a few people who are more, who focus a little bit more on, the offensive end of things versus the defensive thing. It's all interconnected. All of this stuff is interconnected. It's great that when the Rangers gain the offensive zone, they've been one of the better teams in the league this year in terms of scoring. They could be a lot better if the defense was better because they could get from defense to offense faster. I'm going to pull up another one of the, the charts here. And when you look at this, the exits with possession are the ones where somebody is skating the puck out of the zone, whether it be from a first pass or the person with the puck skating out of their zone. 
The only two guys above average on the team are Fox and Lindgren. You go below that, you see Truba and Miller right below average in terms of successful zone exits. And then you go way down there and you get to Schneider, who's below at well below average. And horizontally is clears per 60, which means the just flailing the puck out of the zone and hoping for the best when it gets to the neutral zone. And then up and down is exits with possession, which is what we were talking about, where the Rangers have control of possession. And it is a statistical fact that when you exit the zone with possession, you are more likely to generate scoring chances. We know this. The data bears it out. Because you are going from defense to offense more successfully, you're going to be on offense more than you're going to be on defense. That leads to more scoring chances. And statistically, the more scoring chances you generate, the more goals you will generate. It's all interconnected. It's not just offense, defense, neutral zone. These are all part of the same thing. And trying to single out one part over the other is missing the point. And a lot of this does come down to what Andrew's talking about, about effort and commitment. Are you going to make that extra – are you going to take those extra five strides to make the right play? Are you going to go give puck support down low so you can break out cleanly? And the last, I would say, two weeks, about – two weeks now they have not been great in any aspect of the game really the only reason the rangers did as well as they did in the month of february is they were first in the league in shooting percentage at five on five that buoyed because they were 30th in save percentage in the month of february and that is tied to the sheer volume of goals against so i wrote it down here they were 27th in goals against at five on five. They were 23rd in high danger chances against. And right there, that's your story. That's why your goalie had an 890 save percentage at five on five, because you were conceding the some of the most dangerous chances in the game. And yes, some of that is you don't want Ben Harper playing 15 minutes a game. You want Mikola playing, you know, 13 minutes a game as opposed to 18 minutes a game. I imagine it will get better once they get fully healthy 6D in there. We're assuming Lingering will be back sooner rather than later, because if not, they would have LTIR'd him and had other guys to call up. Sure. We assume Lingering will be back either Thursday or Sunday. I would hope so, because if not, then this defense isn't going to get any better. That's for sure. It's just, it's again, like, if you watch the Knicks, for example, and I, and you know, not, not every hockey fan is a, is a basketball fan and obviously vice versa, but the Knicks have won nine in a row and they are, are such a fun team to watch. Now I'm a basketball fan. I also work in basketball media. So, I mean, I've watched a lot of basketball, but also like the Knicks are a very fun team. Yes. Why are they a fun team? Because they play a to like, they have this togetherness where they will battle for each other. They will fight for that loose ball. They will, they will, do everything that they can for their own teammate in order to ensure that you know the the hustle points and the the second chance plays go their way. The Rangers in the, over the course of this past past couple of weeks here have done none of that. It's been it's it's kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde situation with both of these New York teams. Is the Knicks are the, the Knicks right now are doing everything they can to help each other and support each other and making sure that if someone you know lost their defensive part like their defensive whoever they're whoever they're guarding that the next player is up and he's rotating and he's he's making life a living hell for the other other player and the other team that they're playing against. The Rangers are doing zero of that. They are coasting some of the time they're not battling for the loose puck they they assumed that because they got Tarasenko and Kane that teams will be afraid of them and that 
They don't have to go 100% in order to win games. The problem with that is, hey, you know teams are still trying to make playoffs and you know and win games and do it. Ottawa was hungry. Like, uh, Ottawa is tied. so hungry. They've won five in a row. They are like they got Jacob Chikrin. Like this is a team that can do damage. If you let them if you let them in, they can do damage. And right now, you know, the the like the, the Senators when on, on Thursday when they played like they were down 3 to 2 and then in the third period Ottawa absolutely dominated. The Rangers didn't look like they wanted to be there. The Ottawa Senators look like a team that need points, that they were desperate for points. They wanted those two points. And what did they get? Two points. The Rangers had the lead in that game. They looked like they were in control. They had it. They had so much power play time. They, like the half the game, they were on the power play. They didn't really do a whole lot with it. And the Ottawa Senators came in the third period and said, no, no, no. We actually need those two points. Uh, let me just grab them from you real quick. And they did. It was, it, And it looked really easy for them. That's the concern right now for the Rangers, is that teams are handily taking points away from them. The Rangers kind of are are okay with that, it looks like, on the ice. And and that's concerning. Because, that, like you were saying, the Rangers were winning that game against Ottawa 3-2. to two, And then that third period came, and Ottawa started taking the puck down low on them, taking the puck down low, and making the Rangers defenders come to them behind the net. The net front would be vacated, or the puck carrier would just drag somebody. I mean, I remember there was one sequence where Brady Kachuk and Trouba were battling below the goal line, and Trouba cross-checked him about six times, and he didn't knock him off the puck or make Kachuk lose control of the puck. That entire shift in Ottawa ended up scoring because they outworked him. They kept the cycle going. They kept their feet moving. They put pressure on the Rangers' defense. And again, they're playing 5-D. Two of the five D aren't well suited to be playing more than 13, 14 minutes a game. Understand that. Speaking to the defensive issue, the, the forwards up. need to help though. Like yes, it's, it's not that, just about who's on the blue line. The forwards are not doing help. anything to help either. And they're it's not like, coming back hard enough on the back yeah, check at all. They're, at they're all. just they get caught too down low. That's the thing. They go yeah. too aggressive in the offensive zone. They have to go 180, 190 feet to back check, and they're out of the play. And they are the Rangers are consistently either even or odd man going back into their own zone, and their defensive their defensemen are not well suited to breaking up those transition plays. One of the other charts I have is who the other team targets for zone entries. They target Schneider. They target uh, Ben Harper. They target Jacob Truba. They don't skate at Miller. They don't skate at Fox because they know those guys are more likely than not going to break the, break the play up in the neutral zone, whereas if it's the other guys, they'll dump it past them and go right by them because they're faster. That That's really what it comes down to they're faster and the next one i'm pulling up here speaks to what we were talking about before about defensively this is the goal rolling save percentage at five on five this is the lowest it's been all season going into what it was against the bruins on saturday the goaltending for about a month now has been objectively bad the rangers goaltending has been bottom five in the league for the month of february and they only were as good as they were in the month of february because they had a really good streak of hot shooting luck the goaltending is tied to the defense. Yes, we all think Igor should be playing better than that. this. No one disagrees with that. But there's a degree, there's a limit to how much you can realistically expect a goaltender to do when they are constantly under siege like this. And my assumption 
is it will get better as the defense gets healthier, as the forwards get come more comfortable with each other. Maybe they juggle the lines up front a little bit more to focus more on defense, which is something I want to touch on coming up in the next segment. But right now, the Rangers are built on three things. Having it close at 50-50 at five on five, the power play, and the goaltending. Right now, they've got kind of good at five on five numbers for the season long, not for the last month. Other than that, you're not getting the goaltending, and the power play has been better, but it hasn't been really that consistent. So right now, of the three things the Rangers need to go on a deep playoff run, they have maybe one and a half. You can put Hasek in that. You can put prime Hasek in it for the Rangers right now. And the save percentage could be a little bit better with Hasek in it for sure. But when you give up the amount and the kind of chances the Rangers have given up over the past couple of months, especially, is that save percentage going to be so much higher that the Rangers win you know, at least some of those games that they've lost. I don't know if the answer is yes to that because, like, you can put Hashek, Brodor, Wah, whoever, you know, insert name here in the net. And while Shesterkin, for sure, and Halak to a certain to a certain extent as well, they they could have stopped a couple of more shots for sure. No one's arguing that. But you could put any Hall of Fame goaltender in the net for the past month for the Rangers, and the results I feel like would be around the same because the the chances have been. In, in droves for the other team. The, there's nobody... And they've been dangerous. That's and the other been, part yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah. They've been it's, dangerous chances. It's, it's not as if the Rangers are giving up 80 shots a game, but they're all from outside the slot and just easy shots for the goaltender. Three of the four Bruins goals were from that sweet right. spot, right in the, between the circles, because the net front coverage was not there. The Rangers give up a ton of dangerous chances against, and it doesn't matter who you have in net if you keep doing that, because especially especially if you have Stanley Cup aspirations, I don't care who you have in net. You could have three goalies in there, and at the end of the day, if you're going to give up these like these ridiculous, you know, grade grade A scoring chances for the other team multiple times a game, you're going to lose. It, it's, it doesn't matter who you have in net. Despite Shesterkin struggling, he should be better. I don't, I'm not too worried about him. I feel like by April, he will be better than what he is right now. I'm not too worried about a come playoff time, but it's about everybody in front of him. They have to limit these incredible scoring opportunities they give to the other team on a nightly basis. Like, it, again, it doesn't matter who's in net. If you keep doing that, eventually the puck's going to go in and you're going to lose. So transitioning topics here to something I've been tinkering with and trying to find all of the Rangers lines right now are oriented around offense only, not really giving a shit about what happens defensively. It's the only reason you would play Kane and Teresay, uh, Kane and Panarin together because those are your worst two defensive forwards. The kid line has not been great the last couple weeks defensively, especially, but the offense isn't there anymore. So I assume they're going to give Kane and Panarin probably another two or three games to try and figure it out. And if it doesn't click, then they'll juggle that. But I think there's a real argument that you need to find a way to either get more offense in there because Trocek just Trocek is the puck retriever. And then the other two guys just passing back and forth to each other isn't generating any offense. You need somebody who's going to shoot between them. So whether that means putting Heedle in the middle of them, putting Zabinijad in the middle of them and hoping that Zabinijad's good defense can kind of cover up some of the mistakes for the other guys. There's a real argument that they need to juggle up the lines. 
I imagine that won't happen for at least another game or two because Gallant A is a troll and likes annoying people. Like legitimately, he gets amusement out of annoying the public. Like he thinks it's funny that we all think he's stupid sometimes. Like he genuinely thinks it's funny to just do something to be asinine. Uh, I, I, I get it. I, I, big hockey man, know all. I, I played with Steve Eiserman. I get it. I, I really do, Gerard. But at some point, it, because the 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 example I go to is. As soon as Kane got here, they, he said, no, he's just going to play with Panarin. They'll, they've played together. They'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. When it comes to anyone else, he's been less than not – let's call him not shy about throwing people under the bus for the deficiencies yep. in their game. Whether it be one of the kids, whether it be – mostly the kids. When, when it comes to Golan, he hasn't been shy about throwing the kids under the bus, especially for perceived defensive inefficiencies. When Patrick Kane has legitimately been the worst defensive forward in the league for the last two seasons. Like, you can still have all the points, whatever, that's fine. I get it. Legitimately, the most goals against of any forward with at least 500 minutes of time on ice at five on five. That requires help around him. If you're going to play a guy like that, you need a center and an other winger who are going to be able to mask that. They're not going to break up Panarin and Kane yet. So you need a center who's just going to shoot like crazy in between them. And Trocek doesn't shoot enough. He does not shoot enough to be. No one on the team shoots like that. that, It all goes back. I mean, this is oversimplifying it a little bit, but if like the overarch, one of the overarching problems with the Rangers in the offensive zone is that they look for 17 passes as opposed to just shooting the puck. Like there was a couple of times, even on Saturday against the Bruins, where Zabinijad had a, had a good opportunity good to shoot. He a- and he just pa- like, he passed that as the camera goes out of focus again. Look at that. Like it's, it's it, it the Rangers need to f- shoot the puck, man. Like it's, it's so unbearable at times because like this team, oh, especially on the power play, espe- this yeah, new power yeah, play yeah, alignment yeah. is an atrocity. I yeah. get it. What they're trying to do. Neither Kane or Panarin shoots. Your best shooter is Zabinijet, and he's not in a position to play the one-timer. Yep. So what are you doing effectively? You're going to have Kane and Panarin play ba- play catch. You're going to have Fox walking the line, Zabinijet clogging space, and Kreider at the net front. Kreider's useless at the net front if no one shoots. Mm-hmm. You cannot deflect the puck in if the puck does not go in towards the net. They need to reconfigure these power plays. I it's good that the second power play is actually getting some time. And the idea of Tarasenko with Hedl and Lafreniere is interesting to me. I think there's a world in which they could do that at five on five and it would be interesting. But right now it's great that they've got four days off. They desperately need these days off to get healthy, to actually get a practice in. Because I know a lot of the people who've been like, Hey, you're jumping on them too quick. It's only been two games have been quick to point out the fact that they haven't had practice. They were not playing great at five on five. They weren't playing great defensively before Kane got here. It's not just like the last two games that the defense has been an issue. It's been a solid month of that now that the defense is hanging out the goaltending to dry and their only remedy to winning is to outscore the other team, which because as you said, they have a limited skill set. They have a lot of redundancy in their skill sets where they have a lot of guys who love to play make, but they only have like two or three guys who actually like to shoot when they have the puck. And one of those guys is a defenseman who shoots 1.8%. So he should probably stop shooting, especially on the power play. That shorthanded goal they gave up against the Bruins, I get it because Miller's not here, so you kind of have to play Truba as the second power play quarterback. But they need to tell him he's not allowed to shoot anymore. That, 
the amount of odd man rushes that go the other way because he fires a shot directly into the defender's shins and it ricochets backwards is ridiculous. Yeah, these are and this speaks to details and attention. If if it really bothered the coaching staff that much, they would remedy these situ these things by coaching it out of them. That's what coaches are supposed to do. It's great everybody likes Galan. It's great everybody likes playing for him. This isn't a social club. You have a job to do yeah. here. You're trying to win. And we're going to see. 20 games, plenty of time to figure out the lines. We know the defensive pairs aren't changing. We know that, unfortunately. <laughs> no. No, so no, no. Maybe they change the lines. You get a little bit more responsibly defensively, even if that means conceding a little bit of offense. But right now, this level of team defense, and when we say team defense, that means the forwards too, is not going to work at all. It's just not going to work against anyone with a modicum of actually good defense. So there are a lot of things to clean up, a lot of things to focus on. Desperately needed these days off, though. I am not at practice. I'm not in the video room. What do they do at practice? I don't know what they do at practice. I mean, you ask. <laughs> I get. We can ask Molly or Larry, I guess. But for for the video coordinators for the Rangers, if we as outsiders in the organization, right? Obviously, we aren't part of the organization. Like we're not at practice. We don't know what actually goes on with the with with in the video room or you know in these coaching moments or whatever like we don't know but if we as outsiders have figured out that the, these issues exist and that have been going on for not only the past like two games or two weeks for a while yeah what is are these things being pointed out in the video room too and if they are why hasn't there been any fix and two, if they aren't being pointed out, that's way worse. Like we, if we can see these issues, then why can't you? So that's kind of my question for the for the practice for this team is like, hey, I'm sure the video room sees that you know the the defense is bad, that X player and Y player, and you can fill in the blanks of who it is. I won't have to say his name for the millionth time. Are are giving up these high danger chances in front of the net? And they and that they keep doing it every game for eternity. Like this is part of their play style. I'm sure the video room by now has isolated these plays and have shown them to the players. So the fact that it hasn't been fixed is is an issue for everybody involved. Because you would think that, like, hey, I don't know who the video coordinator, like their names are for the Rangers, but you would think that the video coordinators would show Mr. Gallant, that, hey, you know, player X continuously just doesn't play defense. And Gallant's like, oh, it's fine. Who cares? It's fine. Like, that that can only be, like, that's that's kind of like the only thing that I can think of at this point. Because this is not game one. This is not game two of the regular season. These issues have been going on for months and months and months, dating back to last year. Like, these are the, a lot of these issues have carried over. They haven't been fixed. At this point, you, like, what's going on? I, I, I want to know, just out of pure curiosity, I'm sure the video guys have, have shown the team this countless times, and it hasn't been fixed. Why? Yeah, I, they need a little bit more of like an actual teacher. You, you know what it re reminds me of when you have a player's coach? 
You know how someone's parent would always come on the field trip to be the chaperone, but they didn't really have any authority because they weren't the teacher? <laughs> that is what Gerard Gallant is because he doesn't actually like correct anything. He doesn't, oh, you messed up. This is what you should have done instead because it's been the same mistakes over and over again. And these are mental ones. These are preparation ones. These are detailed ones. When you watch the Bruins, every single time a player looks up with the puck on their stick, they know where the puck needs to go. When a Rangers player looks up with the puck on their stick, maybe. No, no, no. Eh. There is not a clear and defined structure that these guys play within. And a lot of it, again, I've said this more than once, is rooted in the falling back on our guys are better than their guys. We'll be able to make plays outside of structure. It's really hard to consistently make plays outside of structure. And that's why we've seen them run into difficulties against teams with certain types of structure. Why have the Rangers never been able to beat the Islanders with any real consistency? Because the Islanders play a rigid structure where you cannot get that cross-team pass through. Why have they struggled against the Bruins? The Bruins play a very tight up-the-middle structure where you cannot get that pass through. Against the Lightning, when those cross-team passes dried up, they were not able to sustain a forecheck. They were able not able to cycle high to low and generate the kind of ugly goals that you need to to go on long playoff runs and to win against good teams. And it's all connected. Though All of these little details need to be focused on because this is how you develop everybody's saying well give it time if they keep playing shitty that doesn't that doesn't mean anything it's great they have experience playing together now if it's not good experience what does it matter why do we call john cooper a really good coach and we don't say the same thing about Gerard Gallant. One of the biggest examples of that, uh, besides the cup, like I'm not talking about, you know, his resume, resume. And all these things. Like I'm not talking about that specifically. Like as, as you know, as as my camera, like for some reason, just loves to go out of is is loving is loving the out of focus today. Like if you take a if you go back to the conference finals last season, the Rangers won the first two games, and John Cooper turned around. And I'm sure he had a long meeting with the, with his video coaches and the, he went through all the tape and all this. And he adjusted. He adjusted his game plan. The Lightning had one kind of game plan coming into the series. The first two games, it did not work for them. So John Cooper said, okay, I, my my papers say X, Y, Z, but for the but for game three, we're going to do X, Y, Z differently. And here's how. And that worked. So John Cooper said, "Okay, let's continue to make these tweaks and we'll go as and we'll adjust as needed." And his team had a clear understanding of how to counter the Rangers offensively and defensively, and the Tampa Bay Lightning won four games in a row en route to another cup final appearance. That is the difference. If if the roles are reversed and the Lightning won the first two games of the season, would the rain I don't have the the confidence in Gerard Gallant to make those tweaks as I would with John Cooper. John Cooper recognizes mistakes within his own system and adjusts depending on the team that he's playing against. Gerard Gallant doesn't really do that. Like they have that one system of of let's get those ridiculously long passes. We're gonna force them. We're gonna do what we can. Like I know Gerard Gallant, and I don't want to bag on him too hard because Rangers have gotten to this point and and all these things. But like at the end of the day. When the Rangers show up to a game and look like they don't want to be there, some of that's on the personnel for sure, but that's also on the coaching staff. You yeah. can't 
game after game is on the coaching staff game after game over these last few weeks the rangers have looked like they don't want to be there like they are kind of there physically but not in not mentally like not in spirit they're just kind of you know like they're they're not playing a cohesive game and a, and part of that is the blame has to be on the coaching staff like the, you don't the boston bruins are breaking records and they have this massive cushion and all these things and yet they come in every single night looking to dominate their opponent regardless the light the rangers not only don't do they not have that cushion but they uh, they they're playing as if it's it's fine it's all it's all going to be fine that's not the case and some of that is on the coaching staff all right, I'm going to pull it up here as we're pulling up towards the end of the show today. These are the standings as they are right now. Yes, there are games tonight, but as we're recording this, these are updated and accurate. You look at the way things are shaking out. You know you got Boston locked in. Toronto and Tampa know they're playing each other. You got the Devils and Carolina where the Devils might leapfrog Carolina or they might go back and forth. But the Rangers are – they're nine back now. It's going to be pretty hard for them to make up that gap. It's doable but not likely. Then you go down into the wild card tier where it gets kind of interesting. The Penguins and the Islanders over the last few weeks have kind of climbed out of that mess that you see below in the, in the hunt graphic. Because a couple of weeks ago, we kind of all thought the Penguins were dead in the water because their goaltending was so bad and it didn't look like there would be any reinforcement on the horizon. The Islanders without Pajot, without Barzell, have played their best stretch of hockey all season, which kind of came out of nowhere. But you look at it, Ottawa, Buffalo, even Florida and Washington, they're all still in the mix here. And it's going to take a decent stretch here. The Rangers are going to have to go something in the neighborhood of 13 and seven to be comfortable down the stretch here. And yeah, they've got a few easy games. They've also got to play Pittsburgh three times. They've got Washington one more time. It's not going to be as as academic as everyone thinks. The Rangers will make the playoffs, but we're not just going to be sitting and counting down the days and being like, okay, are we playing Carolina or the Devils? You really don't want to be one of those wildcard teams. You really don't want to be one of those wildcard teams if you can help it. And there's plenty of time now to make up these mistakes, to fix problems that are internal, and be ready to not end up being in the spot the Islanders or the Penguins are in right now. Because if you go into that first-round series against the Bruins, you're not going to feel good about that. No, 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 no. No, and granted, eight points is a lot of room between where the Rangers are and where uh, the Islanders are. Excuse me, where the Penguins are. four games. It's four games. Four games. There's 20 to go. There's there's a lot of time left, a lot of hockey to be be played. Are we worried that the Rangers are going to fall to the wildcard spot? I kind of don't think that they will, but at the same time, there's, there's enough time left for them to do it if they continue to play this nonchalant style of hockey. If they show up to their next game and realize, hey, we're kind of a hockey team and we should be playing uh, a professional style of play here, then, then then they'll be fine. But over these past few weeks or so, they've looked like they their their mind pro- their their thought process is just we're just going to stroll in the playoffs and we'll figure it out when we get there. That's not how NHL hockey is done. Like I don't know if you know this, Nick, but like you kind of have to be a, a team. There's a lot of work. There's, there's a lot, lot of there's a lot of work before a game, during a game, also, you know, like just figuring out 
just getting the kinks out of, of your game and playing the smoothest brand of hockey that your team can. It's a lot easier to go into a playoff series when you understand your teammates better and are playing cohesively than whatever they've shown over the past few weeks and have with the with the thought process of ah it's fine we'll figure it out when it when we get there that's not at a I, I feel that's not an appropriate mindset you have to figure it out now so that when you get to the playoffs you are prepared you, you understand in the playoffs you want to be playing your best hockey going yeah, into the right playoffs. You, you understand the minutia of of you your teammates and who you're playing against come playoff time because clearly over these past few weeks rangers have shown that they are not up to date with the minutia of how their team plays hockey there's a lot of broken plays forcing of passes not a whole lot of defensive structure this is a team that is that looks like they're still figuring out my guy it's march playoffs start next month if you don't figure it out now, how are you going to figure out come playoffs? That'll do it for this week's episode of the Liberty Blue Podcast. Make sure you are subscribed on whichever podcasting platform you prefer. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, throw us a five-star review. Those are very helpful. Follow along on social at Liberty Blue Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Live every Monday, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. The YouTube is at Liberty is uh, Liberty Blue Podcast. Uh, the personals, follow Andrews, Chelney Andrew, C-H-E-L-N-E-Y Andrew. Mine is Nick Zararis, Nick Z-A-R-A-R-I-S. Everybody have a good week. We will see you next week. Rangers got a few between now and then. We'll see you guys then. Later.